Welcome to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I investigate claims made on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I'll be looking at episode 1393 with Chris Kresser and James Wilkes is added this time. And just about all the discussion in this episode revolved around specific studies. And there were PowerPoint slides everywhere. Jamie was working overtime, pulling things up left and right, which is good. But it means that there's not really much of a point to me talking about most of the big things they looked at. I'm just going to be looking at um, a couple of broad things that were brought up pertaining to like logic and argument, and then a handful of specific things that were brought up in the episode, but that were basically glossed over and not debated. So first of all, at one point Wilkes says, you can appeal to authority if it's a valid authority. Now obviously this is not true. Uh, the whole point of, you know, the logical idea of appeal to authority being bad is that who a person actually is doesn't pertain to the facts or physical reality. So of course this isn't true, but I, th I think that in like a casual sense, I get what he means. In, in just a normal conversation, if someone brings something up and you ask, oh, where'd you hear that? And they said, oh, I, you know, I saw it on, I read it in the National Enquirer, or just like, oh, I saw it on Facebook or whatever. You, you wouldn't believe them because of the source, because of the authority. But this wasn't this wasn't a a casual conversation. This was a pretty serious business debate. So I think this this remark was this remark was pretty bad, I would say. Surprisingly, Wilkes, who references these sort of logical fallacies throughout, he talks about, oh you I'm being straw manned, appeal to authority, stuff like that. He ad hominem attacks the heck out of Cresser throughout the whole episode, which is a, you know, often mentioned logical fallacy, just just attacking the the source. So he, you know, he's all the time, oh, Cresser, you're not an expert. You don't know how to read forest plots. You're just some acupuncturist. But weirdly, whenever he goes after Cresser like this, he always follows it up with, oh, I'm not an expert either. This debate shouldn't even be happening. If only I had been able to bring my scientist friend. I, I don't really see how productive any of these sorts of comments really were. I mean, it doesn't really matter who is talking about the study or the data. It's just, it's, you know, the facts that are actually relevant. You, you could bring Eddie Bravo on the podcast to to bring up these studies. They're still just legit studies. But he he also apologizes a couple times for kind of getting like very angry throughout the podcast and sort of attacking Cresser like this. So you, you can't really be too mad at, at Wilkes because he did apologize. And if you if you listen to like the very end of the video on YouTube after the little outro music, 
he's he's like apologizing to Cresser, and I feel like I feel like it was it was going to extend to like a further apology that we didn't get to hear on the air. So you you can't be too mad at him for for coming off as like really angry <laughs> and sort of insulting him. At least he apologized. And then getting into some uh, actual specifics that I thought were looked over. One thing that they brought up but didn't get into was uh, keto as a, a way of treating diabetes. It just gets brought up for a second when Cresser mentioned this company, Verta Health, and he says that they're using keto to help people with diabetes. And Wilk says, oh, no, they're not. And then they kind of leave it at that because they got other stuff to argue about. So I looked into Verta Health and keto, and basically as far as keto goes as a way of treating diabetes, uh, to quote many a drug commercial, the answer is that it may help some. The basic theory is that if you eat a high-carb meal, this can lead to a spike in blood glucose. So if you have a much lower intake of carbs, it could eliminate these large spikes and reduce the need for insulin. So the, that's the broad idea behind this. But in general, this is just not recommended. If you went to a doctor, they're not gonna tell you to do keto to manage your diabetes. There is not medical consensus on this idea. But could, could VertiHealth really have helped people with diabetes? There is like scattered sort of anecdotes around the internet of it having worked for people. And it seems like based on VertiHealth's website, their program is also focused on weight loss. So if keto can help, help you lose weight, and then losing weight, of course, legitimately confirmed, really does help with diabetes. You could say, you know, in a way that VertiHealth is helping people, but I would say Wilkes is more right on this one. It's not generally thought that keto is good for diabetes. They probably spend a solid hour or so talking about B12. But I just want to look at a couple specific things about B12 that were brought up. The first of which is cows and B12. So Cresser did have to admit that cows get B12. Some cows at least get B12. And all, all poultry gets B12 shots. But Wilkes seems to say that like most cows get B12. He says it's not that rare. But neither of them really have any hard data on like the percent of cows that get B12 shots. And this is because I don't think this data exists. I, I don't think there's any reason the meat industry would publish such information. And I don't think it's known. I looked all over the place for it and I couldn't find an answer. There's vegan websites that will say, oh, it's lots of cows, it's most cows. 
but I couldn't find any actual source or study uh, about how many cows get B12 shots. And like really vegans are the only people who care about this sort of stuff. So the only information out there is just, oh yeah, cows probably all get B12, which they might, but I don't think we really know. Then they get into B12 and humans. And at one point, Wilkes says that you can buy B12 supplements for $2 a year if you buy in bulk. And Rogan and Kresser are both very skeptical about this. They do not seem to believe him at all. And neither did I at first. But then I found the true optimal way to buy B12. So you can actually do way better than Wilkes's $2 a year. Go to purebulk.com and look up B12. On this website, you can buy 25 kilograms of pure B12 for only $2,835.50. So if you took 500 micrograms a day, which is about the amount in a small supplement, it varies depending on what brand you buy or whatever, but that's like a small one. So if you did that, that would mean that this would be a purchase of 137,000 years worth or 50 million days of B12. So you could just get a microgram scoop online for a couple bucks and then buy this. And that brings your cost down to only two cents a year, which is way better than Wilkes's $2 a year. This is real. Go to, go to purebulk.com and look this up. Do not settle for $2 a year and absolutely do not go onto Amazon and buy one of those little bottles that are like $12. That is outrageously expensive compared to what you could be buying. Two cents a year. You can, you can supply your whole town with B12 with this. Your whole state with B12. Uh, another topic that they don't really go into but is brought up is eggs. Cresser says, oh, eggs are fine, and Wilk Wilkes says that eggs are not fine, and they just kind of leave it because eggs kind of falls through the cracks because it's not meat, which they talk about, and it's not dairy, which they talk about. But I like eggs, so I, want, I wanted to look this up. And it would seem as though the general medical consensus is that moderate egg eating is all good. The most recent Harvard Medical School article about eggs says, for most people, an egg a day does not increase your risk of a heart attack, a stroke, or any other type of cardiovascular disease. And the American Heart Association says that an egg a day is fine for most people. There's been all kinds of studies uh, one of which was the Framingham Heart Study, uh, which looked at high versus low egg consumption in 12,000 men. And it, it actually said that the men who consumed more eggs had lower serum cholesterol, which is the thing that's thought to be dangerous about eggs. There's a big meta-analysis. Cresser would love that. Uh, that came out in 2013. 
that concluded there was no association between egg consumption and coronary heart disease or stroke. But if you go on the egg internet, you will see that there was a study from March of this year that did link eggs to a higher risk of cardiovascular disease. So that's been making the rounds. But I, I couldn't find anything that said, oh, this overturns all our previous data. And the general consensus still seems to be that like an egg a day is fine. You can eat some eggs. Humans can have a little eggs, just don't go overboard. So I would give this one to Cresser. Towards the end of the podcast, Rogan uh, says that everyone should be taking vitamin D supplements when they're talking about supplementation. And while this is more reasonable than his frequent Regenikine recommendations, um, it is sort of a, a myth that everyone should be taking vitamin D. For starters, there's no universally agreed upon number for what constitutes vitamin D deficiency or what constitutes optimal levels of vitamin D intake. So there's no real hard line anywhere. And the, the consensus seems to be that it, you can't just give it out as a blanket recommendation. There was a study by the National Institute of Health that looked at 26,000 adults over 50 that they either gave vitamin D or a placebo. And the study went on for five and a half years and they said that vitamin D did not lower the risk of cancer, stroke, or heart attack, which is supposedly what it can help with. There was also a study that got published in JAMA Cardiology that concluded that vitamin D was not associated with any cardiovascular benefit. And there was a big meta-analysis published in Lancet. Cresser would like that, meta-analysis. And it looked at 81 randomized trials and it concluded that there was no benefit to your skeletal health either, which is one of the other things that can supposedly benefit. One of the theories as to why it was initially thought that vitamin D could help with all these things is that if you look at people with these diseases, um, they will typically have low vitamin D. But it's another one of those causation versus correlation cases where it's not clear that vitamin D deficiency contributed to their illness. It could just be that, well, since they got sick, they stopped going outside and they don't get sunlight and now they have vitamin D deficiency. So the consensus seems to be that most people are fine and you should really only take a vitamin D supplement if you have symptoms of deficiency or if you never get any sunlight because you know you're a neat who just plays league all day or whatever so for most people taking a vitamin d supplement would probably just be a minor waste of money and you can't really just give it out as a blanket recommendation one one comment that Wilkes made in this episode 
that totally flew under the radar and was mentioned by no one because it doesn't really matter and does not pertain to anything. But I found it very interesting. He's talking about uh, weight gain and loss when Rogan asks him, you know, how much he weighs normally. And he said, oh, you know, sometimes I'm up to 200 pounds, but I feel slower. And he says he felt slow with a handgun at 200 pounds. And he makes a sort of gun drawing motion with his hand. So the implication here is that he practices his quick draw with the pistol so often that he can actually feel the, the difference in hand speed in this just small motion when he's 10 pounds heavier. This makes me think that he is probably crazy and really paranoid, <laughs> but I think it's also kind of cool. You know, he would definitely win a quick draw. He's like a cowboy. Cresser is lucky to be alive right now. You know, if this had been a duel and not a debate, he'd be toast. Wilkes, Wilkes could blast him in, in an instant, provided he's currently, you know, at, a, at his usual 190 pounds and not 200. Listening to this episode reminded me that there is a petition on change.org with 232,000 signatures for Rogan to moderate the 2020 presidential debates. It is not a meme. It is a real petition that I have also signed because I think this episode, you know, serves to demonstrate that Rogan could actually do this. He was basically a, a good moderator, I would say. He kept, he kept things moving along, but he also didn't cut discussion of any one topic short. He wasn't, you know, rushing through everything. The only real critique I would have of his moderation would be uh, Cresser didn't talk very much in the episode, and I think he could have done a better job of occasionally stopping Wilkes and, and bringing Cresser in. But I mean, at the same time, Cresser had, had a whole episode to himself, so it's not entirely unfair that Wilkes should get the majority of the airtime this episode. But really, I think this petition is very interesting, because imagine a a debate that was run like this. I, I guess it wouldn't really work for the, the Democratic primary because there's like a dozen candidates and Jamie would, would have a heart attack trying to pull up that many PowerPoint slides. But, but imagine like a 1v1 national debate that's like this. One Republican, one Democrat, and they sit down for like four hours and they both have internet access and Jamie will, will pull up whatever they want. It would, of course, be a vast improvement over the current, you know, soundbite farming news ridiculousness that we, we have right now, as, as Gabbard mentions in her episode that I had talked about. Since, since the last Chris Cresser episode, uh, I have been flooded with emails about my on it supplement only diet and i i have i have stuck with it and i very much still recommend it i am growing stronger i can predict 
the outcome of future events uh, slightly in advance, about a day or so, I have mild telekinetic abilities. I can lift objects that are close to me, perhaps a few feet away, slightly off the ground. Objects that are like less than a pound. And I really think more people should be on this sort of a diet. So once once you're done listening to this, I would head over to Onnit. Get some, some krill oil, uh, shroom tech, uh, alpha, alpha brain, caveman coffee, all that, all that stuff. You're going to want to start eating that every day.